For the season of Advent, we will be departing from uh, Moses and Deuteronomy and moving several hundred years forward into the days of Isaiah the prophet, which is still several hundred years before the coming of the Messiah. This is Isaiah, the second chapter, beginning in verse 1. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the last days. The house of the mountain of the Lord will be established as the highest of the mountains, and it will be exalted above all the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Many people and many nations will say, let us go to the Lord's mountain, to the house of the God of Jacob. There he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his path. And then the law will come from uh, Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And uh, oh, I better get some help on this one. I rewrote the scriptures the last service. <laughs> he, the Lord will judge uh, between the nations and will settle disputes among many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and turn their spears into pruning hooks. And the nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. O house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Is that a good idea? Sometimes I think there are advantages to the darkness. I remember my dad used to say when we were in high school, David, nothing good ever happens after midnight. Well, my friends and I, we beg to differ. I remember some time ago, a few months ago, we went to a very nice dinner party, nice restaurant, you know, dimly lit with candles. And, and when I got home in the full daylight uh, of home, I noticed that I had three spots of food on my tie. Sometimes there are advantages uh, to the darkness. Sometimes the darkness may seem like a good thing when the time changes very early in, uh, in the time change here in the fall, sometimes I'll get up uh, with the alarm and then I'll look outside and it's dark and I'll think, mm, I don't really want to get up yet. And thanks to the darkness, I can get a little bit more sleep. Sometimes there seem to be advantages to the darkness. But then there are other times where darkness doesn't seem to be very helpful at all. It tends to make things more challenging. I've told you before, my very first funeral, I'd only been at this church in the Rio Grande Valley four days. It was my very first funeral, so I went to an unfamiliar funeral home, never been in the place, and got ready to leave the service, and it, it came time, and I started by reading the 23rd Psalm. Unfortunately, it was so dimly lit, I looked at my page, and I couldn't pick out anything on the page. And so, well, I just winged it. And uh, when the service was over, a nice uh, elderly lady came up, shook my hand, and she said, my son, that was the most interesting rendition of the 23rd Psalm that I've ever heard. Sometimes the dark can make it a little bit challenging. Uh, one night I'd finished a service in the garden chapel, uh, and it was dark. And I didn't really want to walk uh, where it was lit on the breezeways all the way around to make it back to my office. I decided to take a shortcut through the dark. 
So I came through those uh, doors here on the west side. I mean, I'm here every Sunday. I know what the layout is here and made uh, my way in the darkness uh, from this door to that door. And you got it. As soon as I hit this platform, bam, I went down. Uh, fortunately, it only uh, hurt my knee and no one was around to uh, see the other humiliation that came from it. And I gathered myself, and I remember thinking maybe the darkness isn't such a great idea after all. One day, uh, we were at Masada in Israel, and that's a, um, a mountain palace that uh, Herod built. And we were there until after the park closed. And so it was already 5 p.m. It was in the winter in Israel. It was getting dark. And then we had to climb down steps. And uh, our leader warned us, if you miss a step, it's about 900 feet down on that side. And I was beginning to wonder, is the darkness such a good idea? Yeah, maybe, maybe we could use some light. Maybe we could use some light. But then the question becomes, well, who's the source of the light? I mean, I've been told by people, I suppose my friends, that when the sun is shining off my head in front of them, that I become a source of light. But I can't create my own light. And what are the odds that any of us can create our own light? I mean, compared really to God, are we really the brightest bulbs? I mean, gosh, it got proved out this week in the paper. I don't know if you've been following some of the things that happened. Volunteer Fire Department, next county over, Guadalupe County. They're the ones setting the fires. And they confess to it. We can't count on them to be our light. Or maybe you read yesterday in the paper about the robber. I think he, he uh, robbed the store on uh, Thursday. And... Uh, and, and so the police were looking for him. They had surveillance video. It, it was on the news. Uh, but he needed to use a phone. And so he went where he knew there would be a public phone that he could use. Did you read where he went? Yeah, the lobby of the police station to make his phone call. Well, they did recognize him. And he was arrested right there. I mean, are we really the best sources of light? And yet, and yet we lead, need light. Light, where do we go? Oh, house of Jacob, says Isaiah, let us walk in the light of the Lord. You know, a little light can be a really good thing. We were way up on the mountain of Masada a decade ago. And he said, it's 900 feet on this side if you step off. But he did tell us ahead of time to bring our flashlights. Now, they weren't real bright. They didn't light up the whole sky around Masada. They gave just enough for us to take one step at a time, and an hour, hour and 15 minutes later, we had all made it safely down the mountain. Sometimes we could all use a little light. But the problem, when you start talking about the light of the Lord, is in the days in which we live, it doesn't always seem like it's shining very bright. It doesn't seem to stand out much more than this flashlight. And people don't seem to be streaming to it. The light of the Lord doesn't seem to be much of a light at all in our day. It doesn't seem to shine so plainly that everyone in the earth now goes, oh yeah, and they start streaming to God. Well, here's what you need to understand about Isaiah. Isaiah says one day that the mountain of the Lord will be the tallest mountain and will be exalted above every other hill. Now, if you've ever been or seen uh, uh, photos of Jerusalem, it's on a hill. It's not in the Rocky Mountains. It's not in the Smoky Mountains. It's not in the Guadalupe Mountains. It's just not that tall. 
But what happens, Isaiah is implying, is, is this. Every other source of a mountain gets leveled in front of God so that God's mountain becomes the highest. Do you know what that means? It means though God's ways might not seem perfectly obvious to every one of us today, though God's light may not seem to shine the brightest today, there will be a day when every other way opposed to God will get exposed for what it is, which is shallow, worthless, helpless. Even our ways of aggression, our ways of exercising power over each other, one day they'll be revealed as coming to nothing. And swords don't get beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And people just aren't going to try to push other people around anymore because they'll realize it doesn't work. All of the ways that we've counted on for security, for strength, for influence, all the lights that we've looked for will one day grow dim and the mountains will be flattened. And the Lord's light will be the only one left shining. You need to know that. But you also need to know this, that in the day in which we live, if you are streaming to the mountain of the Lord, if you're coming to the light of God, you're going against the traffic. You're going against the traffic. If you're trying to live in the ways of God that God has taught you, ways of peace, ways of hope, ways of justice, ways of love, If you're trying to walk in those ways, just know you've got a lot of traffic coming at you. It's not self-evident to the whole world yet. It's just not the brightest light. It's just not the highest mountain. But it will be. But until then, we follow the light. And even if right now it's not the brightest light, it's enough light. Ten years ago, moved into a new house and and I wasn't very uh, familiar with the house but one night uh, decided to go uh, to the store uh, late at night it was dark uh, I was going from my house into the garage to get into my car simple enough right except when I got in I closed the door behind me to the house and the garage was pitch black and I knew my car was there somewhere but I couldn't find it And I knew the garage door opener was somewhere, but I couldn't find it. I was stupid. I felt stupid. What kind of idiot comes out of here without making plans ahead of time, finds where the garage door opener is, and while he still has light, opens the garage. I looked around, felt around, and then finally there it was, a little light about this big. You've seen it. Lit up red to say, hey, idiot, here's the opener. And there it shined. But you know what's interesting about that light? That light didn't care if I was smart or not so bright. That light didn't care if I'd made advanced preparations or had made none at all. That light didn't care if I'd been looking for the light the whole time or preferred to look in, live in darkness. The light didn't ask. It just shined and invited me to look toward it. And I did. The garage door opened and... I made it out and didn't make that mistake again. We worship a light. The light of the God of the universe. 
And this is not a God that makes a naughty list and a nice list and says, for the nice, my light will shine. For the naughty, you don't get any. It's just a God who shines and says, if you want to follow this light, come. It doesn't matter how far off the path you are. It doesn't matter how long you've lived or even preferred darkness. Just come. The light doesn't ask you about your past. The light just invites you to your future. And the light shines. And one day it will be the brightest of the lights. But until then, it's just a small light in a dark world. But a light that invites us to follow. John Eldridge talks about taking a winter break one time to a wonderful inn uh, where he'd never been before. Uh, And as he's on his way through the mountains to this wonderful uh, inn, uh, a snowstorm hits. And they're close, but, but they don't know exactly where they are. He said they keep driving slowly along the road until suddenly they see dimly ahead the lights of something. Is it the inn? And they got closer through the snowstorm, and the light got a little brighter, and the light got brighter. And they pulled up, and sure enough, they were there. They were home. The light didn't ask what the conditions were outside. The light didn't ask if they were worthy, if they liked light better than darkness. The light just shined and said, come, come. Oh, house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord.